as we come to the final message just now in this series of the prayer of Jabez. You may remember that right in the midst of a genealogy, a list of almost unpronounceable names in what must be considered one of the most boring bits of the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Right in the middle of that, you could almost miss it. It's just a couple of verses where the author of 1 Corinthians, who is probably Ezra, introduces us to Jabez and into the prayer that Jabez prays to God. This is what we read in 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. We've been looking at um, this prayer uh, in three parts, and this morning will be a fourth part. We started off by that opening phrase in the prayer, Oh, that you would bless me, praying with purpose. And then the second week, And, oh Lord, that you would enlarge my territory, to enlarge that area of influence, praying with influence. Thirdly, Lord, may your hand be with me, or may your hand be upon me, praying for dependence, the dependence that we need on the Lord. And this morning, and keep me from harm, praying for protection. So we so far considered what it means to receive the blessings of God. We saw how powerful it is to pray that God might enlarge our territory, enlarge the sphere of our influence, that God might give us even more of his work to do. And last week we realized, along with Jabez, that if God is going to bless us, that if God is going to enlarge our territory and give us more influence, then we realize we're not going to be able to do it on our own. We need the Lord's hand upon us. We can't do it in our own strength and with our own hands. We need the hand of the Lord to be upon us. And so we come to this final part of this prayer. And you can see a sequence. You can see some orderly thinking through this prayer. This final bit of the prayer says that, Dear Lord, will you keep us from any harm and any evil that might come upon us? The Hebrew word translated harm here can also be translated evil. Jabez is asking that the God of Israel might keep him from being harmed by the evil one. Jabez is praying a prayer for protection. Jabez knows what every Christian should know, that if God blesses us, that if God enlarges our territory and increases our sphere of influence, of Christian influence, and that if God's hand is going to be upon us, producing spiritual results through our hands, then we can be sure that Satan will be knocking on the door. If there's just one point of teaching I really want to underscore and I really want to emphasize throughout the whole of this series, that one point of teaching is this. If you start getting serious with God, then Satan will start getting serious with you. You can be sure of it. And I'm sure that many of you, as I can myself, testify to that very fact, 
This coming week, many of our young people are going to music school. They're going to be having a great time, great time of blessing, great time when the Lord's hand is going to be upon them. And when the benediction is given on the end of that week of music school, you can be sure of one thing, that those young people are not going to be coming back to their cause and to their homes and to their schools and universities, glowing in this wonderful protection of, of, of glory that they found at music school, but quite the opposite. Satan is going to be bringing them back down to earth with a bump. You can be sure of it. You can be sure of one thing, that when the international songs has come back from 10 days of blessing in the eastern East, uh, Canada, Kenya territory, that Satan is going to be working in their life too. And we, each one of us, can be sure of this. That if you're going to pray that God is going to bless you and be with you and use you and empower you, that not only is God going to be with you, but Satan is going to be there as well, wanting to undermine anything that you're trying to do in the Lord's name. So I'm pleased that Jabez should end this short prayer with his final plea to God, or that you would keep me from harm. Because it allows me to conclude this series with a major teaching and a major truth that is so important to each one of us, so important that I'm pleased that I can bring the curtain down on this series with this message. You know, this is not a throwaway line by Jeb, it's just a tidy up the end of his prayer. And Lord, just keep me from harm. It's not a throwaway part of this prayer at all. It's an integral part. It's an important part of this prayer. In fact, I dare to suggest that all that has gone on before is in vain unless God also answers this final part of Jabez's prayer. Oh God, that you would keep me from the evil one. Let's unpack it, shall we? Let's look at this final part of the prayer of Jabez. And I want to, as I often do, consider three Important teaching points that arise out of it. And the first and most obvious point is this. The need to resist Satan. After praying the prayer that Jabez made, you might imagine that our man was ready for anything. You might imagine that Jabez had his sleeves rolled up this morning, and like the band this morning, even taking the ties off, and sort of ready for anything, ready to jump in the lion's den, ready to meet any lion that wants to come his way. But Jabez realized that his best strategy is not to jump in the lion's den and ask to be spared, but to keep out of the lion's den altogether. It wasn't a prayer to keep him through evil, but to keep him from evil. And there is a difference. <clears throat> and you know, we ought not to try to square up to Satan, but to avoid him altogether. As the wise old proverb advises, do not turn to the right or to the left, keep your foot from evil. And that's why we need to pray the Jabez prayer. Oh God, that you would keep me out of harm's way. Not Lord, as I go in with my sleeves rolled up and, and get stuck into Satan, Lord, give me strength. But Lord, keep me out of harm's way. Keep me away from evil. Or to pray the prayer that Jesus taught and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And we need to understand that resisting Satan needs a two-way approach. Yes, we need to ask God to keep us from evil, but we also need to be proactive in keeping out of harm's way. 
In our Bible reading early in our meeting, we read these opening words to this very first psalm. Blessed is the one who does not walk in, the, in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. It's a reminder that we should not spend time around those things or among, amongst those people who are an unhealthy influence upon us. It's interesting that the verbs change as the verse continues. It starts with walking in step with the wicked. Then it moves to standing in the way that sinners take. And finally, sitting in company of mockers. As Christians, we strive to walk in step with Jesus. But if we are not on our guard, we can start walking in step with the wicked. And before we know it, we're spending time standing alongside sinners. And before we know it, we can find ourselves sitting in the company of mockers. We, ending, we end up sitting in a comfortable place that breaks God's heart. I need to say something even more chilling. That unfortunately that can happen as easily inside the church as it can outside it. And we need to be aware of that. We need to choose carefully who we walk with. We need to choose carefully who we stand alongside of. And we need to choose carefully even who we choose to sit with. Beware that we can end up standing or sitting with someone who can sow seeds of discontent and division and evil. And it breaks my heart as your pastor to say that it can sometimes so easily happen to any one of us. We all come to church to seek a blessing, but sometimes a word out of season can send you home with a seed of evil planted in your heart and mind and soul. We need to pray the, prayer, the Jabez prayer. Oh God, that you might keep me out of harm's way. You might keep me away, dear Father, from those influences, those conversations that we can so easily get sucked into. We need each one of us to resist Satan. We need each one of us to pray that we can resist the evil one. James gives us this advice. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We don't want to see how we get on with evil. We want to be freed up from it. Oh, that you would keep me from evil. Secondly, we need to realize where our safety lies. We need to realize safety. And it doesn't necessarily lie where, it, where we think it does. The opening verse of uh, another psalm takes us to that ultimate place of safety and shelter from the evil one. We read this in Psalm 91, again the opening verses. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. They're great words. In fact, am I right or am I wrong? Was that what the songster's message was based on this morning? Psalm 91. And I prepared this message and didn't even consult with you this week. So the songsters are right on the, on, the, on the spot with their message this morning. It's a great message, great message to sing. It was sung so, 
soulfully this morning. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save each one of us from the foulest snare and from the deadly pestilence. We need to find that place, that place where we can shelter from the snares of the evil one. As St. Paul puts it, of course, in Ephesians chapter 6, Lord, protect me from the evil snares of the evil one. You know, one of the biggest learning curves um, for each one of us, and certainly that's been the case in my Christian walk, the greatest learning curve for me, and certainly one of them, is that spiritual blessings and success provide the greatest opportunity for failure. I can't remember ever basting in the glory of spiritual success for long. The, the Lord loves me, actually, just to keep my ministry ticking along and just keep things as they are and, and not to be looking for the great things that God might want us to do. But I can't remember a time that when we have gone out of the comfort zone, we've tried to do the great things that God, on, God wants us to do. I can't remember a time when there's not been a challenge, when any great blessings has not been followed by uninterrupted um, strife as the evil one has tried to undermine all that God is trying to do for us. I, I know it will be your testimony as it is mine because that's how Satan works. Satan's not interested if we're living a nominal Christian life. God is not interested if we are a laid-back church that is not effective in ministry. But Satan is interested if you and I get serious about God. God is interested if we as a church try to get really serious about our mission and ministry. And I want to really underscore this, friends, because we are about God's work and ministry here. And the good work that this core has done over this last year, as we start working this out in these coming weeks and months and even years, I tell you, Satan is going to get interested in it. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to be strong. We need to be united. We need to see what's happening. And we need to be strong in the strength of the Lord. And we need to ensure that in the Lord is our strength. I can assure you, the more that you and I embark on this kind of active service, this frontline spiritual service for God, the more likely you are to be attacked. Friends, we need to embrace each other at this time. We need to understand that each one of us will carry scars from this warfare. You will be attacked. I will be attacked. Your families will be attacked. You will be open to the wiles of the devil. If you are sincerely asking God to bless you, if, you, if we are wanting to, to ask God, Lord, Lord, enlarge the influence of our core here on Oxford Street, I can tell you now that we will be visited by Satan too. That's why praying the JBS prayer, Lord, keep me from the evil one, is such an important prayer for us to be praying at this time. Of course, the life of Jesus gives us a perfect example Jesus went to the River Jordan, and he was blessed. At the start of his ministry, the very first thing that's happened, he goes to the Jordan, and there he's met by, by John the Baptizer, John the Baptist. And he 
He looks at Jesus coming. He says, here is the Lamb of God who's going to come and take away the sin of the world. And Jesus comes and he, he invites John to baptize him. John says, oh, I'm not even worthy to tie your shoelaces. But Jesus says, John, baptize me. In that moment, we see the Trinity come to life. Here, Jesus is baptized in the Jordan. The voice of his Father is heard. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. And there is the dove, the symbol of the Holy Spirit, descending upon this moment. God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, all together in this baptism, this wonderful, glorious, God-confirming moment for Jesus as he begins his ministry. What happens next? You can't wait to turn the page in the Bible, can you? Gosh, after this wonderful, glorious moment for Jesus, he's going to be doing great things. You turn the page, and what happens? Jesus is taken by Satan out into the wilderness, and three times, Jesus, over 40 days and 40 nights, is horrendously tempted by the evil one in the wilderness. That came after the most glorious blessings that you could ever imagine. And if it can happen to Jesus, it's going to happen to you and me, without a doubt. And if you begin to think of personal glories, you will also testify to challenges of opposition that are not far behind. And so, dear friends, as we get serious with God, beware that Satan's going to get serious with you. And finally, we need to be fit to stand for Jesus. Ready to stand. That's why we sang that, uh, that song that we might not have sung for a little while. I'll stand for Christ, for Christ alone, because I want to end upon this, this very point. Yes, we will be on our knees in prayer, but we, we do need to be an army that marches on its knees, but we also need to be an army that stands for Christ, that can stand tall as well. And this is a final crucial point this morning, that this prayer to be kept from evil doesn't mean we are constantly on the run. It doesn't mean that we're constantly on our knees of despair. At times the answer to this prayer will be seen when we take our stand against the evil one. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, we've, we've looked at these three, three great uh, characters on a couple of times in the, 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 the months and years of my ministry here. You may remember there were Israelites living in exile in Babylonia during that 70-year exile. And um, they, they were asked to, with all the people, to bow the knee before an alien god. But they refused to bow the knee to an idol, the idol raised by Nebuchadnezzar. They knew it was risky to um, confront the king in this way. But they didn't give in to temptation. They didn't bow the knee to a golden statue. And neither did they do a running either. They made their stand. The furnace was turned up seven times hotter than normal. They were tossed inside it, but God was with them. They weren't even scorched. You couldn't even smell fire on their clothes, the Bible says. The king was flabbergasted when they stepped outside. And sometimes we need to make our stand. 
Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we need to submit to God's will and allow him to come alongside us. Observers notice, by the way, in that fiery furnace, there was a fourth person standing alongside them. And many Bible commentators believe that that was Jesus uh, alongside them. Or maybe an, an angel of the Lord. But whatever it was, they're standing alongside them. There was God. And so standing alongside of us will be our God as we make our stand. To quote James again, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And this is what Paul was referring to in his final words to the Christian, Christians at Ephesus when he exhorted these young Christians to put on the whole armor of God. The word stand appears three times in just these few verses. Paul did not want them to be defeated Christians, falling in the heat of the battle. He wanted them to resist the evil one. He wanted them to stand, not in their own strength, but to stand in the Lord, to stand in the Lord, in the power of the Lord. How we need to pray this final prayer that Jabez prayed. Oh, that you will keep me from harm. It's so easy for us to be defeated and despondent and deflated. And that can especially happen when we are being blessed by God and when we are enlarging our sphere of influence. And on that note, I think that this prayer and that this message is timely for all of us who worship at Regent Hall just now. We, we don't want our lives to be normal, do we? We want God to do the extraordinary. Uh, we, we don't want to do building work just for the sake of having a nice building, but we want to be serious about our worship. We want to be serious about uh, all that we're doing for the Lord. And as I said earlier, we need to be ensured that as we are about this kingdom-building work, we need to be aware that Satan will come alongside us as well. So friends, let us stand let us stand strong in the Lord. Let us beware of the evil one who will want to undo what the good Lord is wanting to do through each one of us. Let us beware, as Paul says in Ephesians, of the, the fiery darts of the evil one. But I do want to end on a positive note this morning, and that is this, that the battle is not of our making. It is the Lord's battle. It is the battle about light over darkness, love over hate, victory over failure. Jesus has already gone to Calvary and won the victory. Now we need to claim that victory and live in the freedom of God's love and in the freedom of God's grace. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego of old, we can enjoy the protection of God, no matter how fierce the fire is and how fierce the battle is. We can live as the redeemed. We can live with our heads held high and with our feet firmly upon the solid rock. I suggest that we cut out the prayer of Jabez and put it on our fridge door with a fridge magnet or put it on our office desk or put it somewhere where in these coming weeks and months we can constantly read about it. And I want us in these coming months to pray the Jabez prayer, O oh Lord, keep me from harm, keep me from evil, 
and spare me from the evil one. Amen.